Good morning, everyone. Welcome. Very, very warm. Welcome. My name's Oren, and uh, I'll say a few words just to start us off and introduce my dear friend and colleague, Mickey. I'm so, so happy to be here together. Mm. <clears throat> it's a very, very unique um, opportunity. Um, perhaps for all of us, uh, particularly for me, and in, in being here together with Mickey in this place here at Spirit Rock, um, I've been a devoted meditator and Buddhist um, for a long time. Uh, and Since before you were born? <laughs> possibly. Possibly. Although I don't have memories of that. And early in my meditation practice, um, I came across nonviolent communication, and um, and then very soon met Mickey and her late sister Inbal, who were really really core for me in my training in nonviolent communication, and, and a lot of my growing up in some ways. I was in my mid twenties at that time, and um, what I found was that this practice of nonviolent communication that um, a man by the name of Marshall Rosenberg uh, founded based on his experiences growing up in Detroit during the race riots and his training in psychology and trying to find a way um, to tap into a more natural human experience of compassion and connection and trying to find out what, what disconnects us from that and what allows us to actually stay grounded in it in the face of difficulty and pressure and uh, even extreme violence. So what I found was that this practice started filling in certain gaps for me in my meditation practice for how to actually translate and live the values of the Buddhist path that I was finding um, a lot of difficulty and, and sometimes inability to put into action in my relationships in my life. And then this very interesting thing started happening, which is that they both started informing each other. Mm-hmm. The meditation practice actually deepened um, my ability to practice and take in the tools of nonviolent communication, even as the frameworks of nonviolent communication allowed me to go deeper in certain ways into my meditation practice by giving me certain insights into how my mind was working, how I was perceiving things. So over the years, Mickey and I have become close friends and now colleagues, and so um, as someone who's um, been mentored by Mickey, it's a, it's a really honor for me to be here together teaching. Yeah. And I also feel great joy at um, having the opportunity to bring her here to this community at Spirit Rock. <clears throat> I'll say just a couple more words um, about my understanding of what we're doing today and then invite <laughs> Mickey to contribute to that. Um, <laughs> While nonviolent communication, from one perspective, is a practice of how we communicate, it's, it's also can be a spiritual practice, a practice of healing, a practice of social transformation. There are many ways in which the tools can be used. And um, my take on what we're doing today is not so much the um, specific tools of how to speak, but more the inner transformation that can support that as well as many other things. So this title of inner freedom, cultivating inner freedom and what that means. 
Do you want to add anything to that, Mickey? Um, I have another friend, Kit Miller, who used to be here and is now directing the Gandhi Institute in Rochester. And she says that nonviolent communication is an awareness discipline masquerading as a communication process. <laughs> That's what I yeah. wanted to add. Great. <laughs> Great. So we're, we're curious to see where, where you're coming from. Um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask for a show of hands, and I'll tell you the options first so that you can know where to place yourself. So I'm going to ask how many people here are coming from uh, the spirit rock or meditation background? That's the first. The second is how many people are coming to this event from nonviolent, the nonviolent communication community or a communication background? Both or neither? So those are the options. So how many people, by a show of hands, are coming from the meditation community? Spirit Rock, meditation. Hold them high so we can see. Great. Great. Welcome. And how many folks are coming from either the specific, the NVC community, or a communication background? Show of hands. Great. How many people would put themselves in both? Hmm. Right. And how many people are not connected to either community? I, I would love to hear just a few tidbits of where you came from, those who are from neither community. Yeah. No, no, this, oh, can yeah. just, uh, uh, you know, shout it out. Anybody? <laughs> in case anybody didn't hear my mother's womb uh, thank you let me specify the question better <laughs> um, it's more in the, in the direction of how you heard about it what, what got you here thank you for the clarity and the, un- the uniqueness of that perspective <laughs> yes Anybody? Yeah. Looking to develop more skills for professional services. How many people have some relationship with that who are in neither community that have that? looking to develop more skills for professional development. Yeah. Okay. Uh, some other yeah, path. Uh, we go to a small chiropractic college and there's a lot of promotion for inner development and um, some a friend of mine so some other kind of uh, health, personal growth interest that drew you to this place. Would you raise your hand if that's true for you? Okay. Anything, any other thing that we haven't named? Yeah, over here. Um, alternatives to violence, which is a program for in the jails and institutions with prisoners. Yeah. Any other AVPers here? Okay. Great. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. Great. So um, just to give you a little orientation or framework to our day, um, we'll take a 15 minute, 10 to 15 minute break in the morning. We'll have an hour for lunch somewhere around 1230. And we'll take another 10 to 15 minute break in the afternoon. And we're scheduled to close at five. Okay. Um, I'd love to start with a little bit of... Um, some movement and meditation practice just to kind of uh, 
come more fully into presence and, and into our bodies. So if you'd like, I invite you to stand up. And so just listen to your body and feel how it wants to move. So rather than thinking to do something, just drop in and feel. And see what does your body want to do to arrive in this space fully, to relax, to settle, to stretch. Feel the space around you. You can notice that There's the experience of being in a body, but that what comes along with that also is some sense of the space around you. Just becoming aware of that. And then I'd like to actually begin by offering some guidance on standing meditation, which I find a very powerful posture Um, for cultivating the kind of presence and awareness that we can carry into our life. Because as we move through our day, we're often standing or walking or moving. So for myself, I've found that practicing in the standing posture uh, creates a different connection with awareness and presence that's easier to carry forward. So just begin by checking that the feet are parallel and about hip-width apart. And just bending the knees slightly to actually feel the feet on the earth, to feel that sense of pressure, the heaviness. You can even bounce a little if you like to really feel how there's something beneath you supporting the body. And then imagine that your feet were like your hands, so that they had this ability to grasp, this prehensile ability, and just kind of very gently sort of almost even just with a thought of connecting with the ground so that the arches of the feet are alive and can actually receive like you're sucking something up from the earth like you had roots going down and I'll take us through the body moving upward slowly so feeling the feet and the arches, across the toes, from the big toe out to the pinky toe, around the outer edge of the feet back to the heel, and up through to the inside. And then feeling the ankles, seeing what it's like to suggest that the ankles would be relaxed or open. Does that suggestion do to any space in the ankle? And through this process as we're going, to not feel rigid in the body, to not feel like you can't shift your weight slightly if you need to. Balance is a process of movement, of continually adjusting. So to not feel rigid. And coming up the calves and the shins to the knees. And letting the knees be soft so they're not locked. When a joint locks, it cuts off the flow of energy in the body. So the knees are soft, slightly bent, so there's a little bit of give there. And checking your alignment by 
tipping the weight of the body forward slightly so that come up on the balls of the feet just a little and then back slightly so that you find that midpoint down through the center of the feet. And when you hit that midpoint, sensing how the knees are stacked above the ankles. Coming up through the thighs, to the pelvis and the hips. Feeling the hips aligned above the knees, above the ankles. And then if this means anything to you, allowing your tailbone to turn ever so slightly down. Very, very, very subtle movements, just a degree. So it's not like a full tuck, but rather than sticking your butt out, the tailbone just relaxes a little so that the muscles in the lower back can soften. You feel that sense of dropping down into the earth. I'm feeling how that allows the belly to be open and soft. The breath can move easily down into the abdomen. Coming up through the torso, letting the front of the chest, the pectoral muscles be open, relaxed. And the, the breadth of the back across the back of the shoulders. And there's this neat little thing, imagining that you had two very tiny bird eggs tucked under your armpits. So that the arms sort of float ever so slightly just away from the body. It's like they're sort of floating in water. The hands are soft and relaxed. Letting the chin relax ever so slightly down so that the back of the neck up through the occiput to the base of the skull can lengthen. And sensing the whole body standing. A certain amount of effort or energy we've each put in to arrive here today. And so taking this time to actually allow ourselves to fully arrive here. Allowing the felt experience of the body, its weight, its pressure, its uprightness to serve as a ground, a gravity, an anchor for the heart and the mind. Here, just coming back here to the simplicity of feeling the body standing. Feeling the breath moving through. If you notice tension or tightness creeping in in various places, seeing if 
with your awareness, you can just relax those areas like you're floating in salt water. I'll stand like this for another minute or so. Allowing the thoughts to settle and drop down through the body, into the feet, into the earth. back again and again to this very simple, uncontrived awareness of feeling the body. basic presence, this capacity that the body has when consciousness is present, to just feel and know that we're here. Just for right now, there's nothing needs to be done, figured out planned or remembered. back to our seats. So it's time to look at inner freedom. And um, what I would like to do for starters is to have you grapple with what inner freedom means to you. So uh, before I say anything about it, because I, I want you to have something in you that is already engaging before I say any words about it. So here's what I'd like you to do. I'd like you to form small groups of two, three, or four people. No more than four, because then people just don't have a chance to speak in the end. 
And there are three questions that I want you to consider in your small groups. One is, what does inner freedom mean to you? I, I am happy to repeat the questions two or three times um, since there's nothing to write them on. So uh, you will somehow need to remember them or write them down. So the first one is, what does inner freedom mean to you? You came here, you saw a title that says cultivating inner freedom. Obviously you want to cultivate it or you wouldn't be here. Um, so it means something to you. I'd like you to tap into what that meaning is. That's the first question. Second is, why are you attracted to this focus? What draws you to look at inner freedom? I can tell you I'm in the very extremely slow process of writing a book about inner freedom. And um, I was in ongoing negotiations with a publisher who finally said that even though the book is interesting, the material is very interesting, they're not going to take it because people are not interested in inner freedom. <laughs> they are interested in specific issues or problems. My life is proving that that's not true. It's clearly the wrong publisher. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but it still is an interesting question. Why are you interested in more inner freedom? And the, th the third is what are you hoping will happen for you here today? What do you imagine could happen for you that would move you in the direction that you want? And these kinds of questions, it's something that I generally believe in, in the sense that as we get more connected to purpose and clarity of focus, we're more likely to get where we want to go. We cannot control reality, at least not in my uh, philosophy of life, but we can shape how our life is by that kind of clarity. So that's what I'm asking you to do. It's to have general clarity and clarity for you for today. So I'll repeat the questions now. What does inner freedom mean to you? What draws you to focus on inner freedom? And what are you hoping will happen for you here today? And before you break into groups, I'd like to know if there's anyone who in one form or another is not clear on what I'm asking you to do. If so, please raise your hand. We'd be going around like two minutes each or something. You can choose in your group. I would like somehow for each person to have a chance to speak, but it's self-managed within the groups. Thank you for the question. Um, I'm planning to give you about 10 minutes total for this. So you have, depending on how many people you have in the group, you can decide how you want to divide the time. All right, then uh, let's go ahead. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.